Fakeologist Show. It is Wednesday, February the 15th, 2023. This is the Fakeologist Show. We do this show Sunday through Thursday around 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern North America. Eastern. I guess the best way to... I should just say Toronto time because there's so many people around the world. They don't have a clue where the Eastern time zone is. I better switch that because I get mixed up myself. So 8 p.m. Toronto time. So if you want to figure out what time that is in your part of the world, then just type in, I think I use datetime.com. As a matter of fact, when you go to my fakeologist.com forward slash live section, uh, there's somewhere on this page. I thought I had it here. Maybe not. Anyway, I think it's called date time. So you can punch in the time zone wherever you are and figure out what time the show starts. But it's 8 p.m. Toronto time. And tonight, we are going to talk to someone I've never talked to before. And because I'm doing research into Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, I stumbled upon a particular website. I can't remember how I found it. As all research goes, and that's the beauty of the internet, you just click links, and next thing you know, you're at a page that's really interesting. Let me just bring up the FacoTube chat right now. Oh, you're being sluggish tonight. Come on, man. If you can see my screen, I'm just waiting for it to show up, so I'm going to have to refresh this. Try again. Who knows what's going on? But FacoTube chat is where we do our chats. And it doesn't look like it's going to come up tonight. Oh, my goodness. Maybe FacoTube is a little slow tonight. Okay. Well, I'll just wait till that comes up. In the meantime, we are talking to Alan Mercer, who is the creator and owner of CanadianLiberty.com. And in my quest to find other Canadians to talk to, I thought this would be a good idea to have him on. So, Alan, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Tim. It's great to be here. And one of the complaints I've made many times is that I don't think enough Canadians could give a damn about what's happening to Canada. And so when I look at my statistics, I see mostly Americans. They're number one by a long shot. And then it goes UK. And then it goes Australia. And then it goes Canada. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of. Yeah, I think Canada Canadians are very quiet and very respectful and peaceful. But you know, there's a lot more angry Canadians now than ever since it's become so obvious with the great great reset is, and COVID is all um, just the most obvious Agenda 21 event ever. That's right. Now, let me, I don't know if you know who I am, but I've been doing broadcasting, chatting for about 11 years now. 11-year anniversary is coming up in April. 
And we have 674 shows, including this one, on the books. And we have a subset audio called Fakeologist Audio Chats, where we're up to around 1,200, usually ranging from one to three hours for people that are just like-minded come and chat, and they broadcast live on my my little ice cast setup, and it is recorded. So we've been talking about media fakery and just the power structure for a long time. Specify mainly we're just interested in psyops and and I put this this website together just to bring all the researchers from all around the world that I keep stumbling upon to try and assemble a giant puzzle by just finding disparate pieces and putting them together. And so this, I don't think you will have seen anything like this website where I talk about 9-11, JFK, all the integrated capstone events going on in the U.S., Agenda 21, um, the Illuminati. Um, I'm not really into um, some of the things I can't prove, but that's what I talk about. So now because we are seeing the implementation of Agenda 21, at least in Canada, because I can't tell what's going on everywhere else. Uh, now we're into that phase, so I sort of emphasized Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 discussion as we transition away from the nonstop virus vaccine nonsense that goes on or has gone on for three years. So that's, yes, sure. Yeah, so I... I I just wanted to give you a little background of what, where I am. And I'm just curious, do you have, how long have you been researching any of the things I've discussed? And if any of, any of the things I just mentioned are any of those in your area of interest before we go and look at your website? Yes, I think all of those, or most of those things are in my areas of interest. I was interested in 9-11. I didn't get too deeply into it, mm-hmm. but I got somewhat into it. And, uh, uh, Agenda 21, I I discovered that because I was involved with the Libertarian Party. Actually, I was helping to organize the Libertarian Party provincially and federally, and that's when I was on John Oakley's show a couple of times. Oh, really? For a press release. Yes. Yeah. Back in the day. So that was the early 2000s, 2004, 2008. And that, there was uh, a whole lot of election campaigns I was involved in. And provincially, there was one one occasion where there's a press release on smart growth. It was called, in Ontario, the policy is called Places to Grow. Mm-hmm. And it was basically all these foundations I discovered by researching the lobby group. It was called Nature Ontario or something like that. It was on the official website for the Ontario lobbyists. It was actually a World Wildlife Fund right? promoting the legislation. So all the smart growth stuff, the Green Belt Act and all that stuff, it's, it, it was um, being lobbied by the World Wildlife Fund, basically. That was my conclusion to that. And eventually, I, I learned about Agenda 21. It wasn't at that point. And in 2012... I, I helped the Federal Libertarian Party create a press release on um, the update at that time in 2012. Um, so that's on my website also. It's funny you bring up World Wildlife Fund because it reminds me just out of the 
just out of the uh, back of my mind, there was a guy, an executive from the World Wildlife Fund that was murdered in Toronto in 2011. And I don't know if you remember that story. And I was just curious. No. He was killed in a parking garage near to where I used to uh, make deliveries in the delivery business. Wow. And I'll bring it up on the screen here. His name was Glenn Davis. And I just, I don't know what exactly happened, but... Uh, mm -hmm. I'm just looking here now, but uh, he was he was a, a, a vice president, or he was in the World Wildlife Fund. So I was just wondering if that maybe had anything to do with that, or maybe it was just a personal thing. But it was quite strange, quite a strange that story. That is interesting. I didn't know about that. Right. They're involved in in grabbing land in the third world. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Okay. Yes, I have some posts on that topic. They're more recent. So you were on with John Oakley. I always thought, when I used to listen to radio before the internet became a big thing, I always thought he was a pretty good talk show host in Toronto. Yeah, yeah, it's very popular. But and it was, it was a topic uh, that was the topic of organ donation. Uh, on one occasion, there was another topic also about free speech, but that topic, of organ donation, was to do with uh, Peter Carmos, the NDP, promoting you know that you'd have to opt-in or opt-out. I think it was opt-out or something like that. I think you had to opt-out. I think there was, it was, yeah. I think, I think that was back in the days of negative optioning where you were mm -hmm. assumed to be in unless you opted out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's a way to force people to actually come to the table. Otherwise the government or the agency would come after them. I think Rogers, yeah, cable, Rogers cable had that. Negative. If you if you didn't say you didn't want the service, you you were assumed to to want it and get charged for it. Yeah, and just the more I learned about things, so I try to deal with difficult topics on my website, and um, but the more I learned about things, the more I couldn't fit into the libertarian sort of mold. It's like a mold. It's our kind of artificial ideologies are like a mold. You try, they want you to fit into. Mm -hmm. And I tried to fit into it for a while, but eventually I have to break out of it. That's how it, that's how it was. You know, I just feel there's a natural sense of right and wrong and how things should be. And I followed that instead. Right. So there are a lot of things they had right, but I didn't, I didn't see the organ issue clearly. I think I see it more clearly now. I understand it more broader way, but it's such a deep topic as well. I tried to tackle that in 2020. I had some posts on that. I studied it a little bit during COVID. Well, let's just the let's go. Thing. Let's go to big picture now. So, how would you call yourself a truther, looking into uh, truth or? Um, yeah. Okay. How long have you been looking into these kind of topics? Because I think you're about the same age I am in your fifties, or maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got into. I was at first I started out with libertarian websites. I well at first I was a conservative. Yeah. And I was sort of like pro Bush, pro Mulroney and, and all that. Yeah, and, me too. Me too. Yeah. And more and I got more uh huh. And more and more I got concerned about after nine eleven I got more and more concerned. I wasn't suspicious at first, but I got more and more concerned about the foreign policy behavior of the United States. I was I was opposed to it. And I'd follow websites like antiwar.com 
and they have, they were this type of conservative libertarian type and they're very interesting to me. And I got into that, but it was very, you know, polemical and it's, you learn, it's more about controversy, you know, debates and taking sides, even, even within that, uh, sort of narrow, you know, ideological disputes between libertarians and that, but it, it, Eventually, I wasn't happy with that either, and I, I got more into the truth side, trying to figure out what was really going on. They had some of that, but didn't go far enough. So I, I was listening to different, different. I listened to Alex Jones, but I, th- I think the person who really helped me was Alan Watt. Ah, good. Yeah, Alan yeah. Watt. Yeah, we're big yeah. fans. And he lived in Canada. He died in 20, recently in 2021. Yeah, we interviewed his widow. We interviewed his widow okay. and okay. Uh, the young man who's working with her to keep the website going. Okay, great. I'll have to I'll have to listen to that because I, I I didn't know about that. That's great. Yeah, that'll be that'll be in our audio. You can either search FacoTube because all these shows are video as well. So you can just go to FacoTube.com. That's my video platform, and just search Alan Want. Alan. Want I think it's one L as well, and that should come up. Actually, I put a couple videos that I like of his up here, and here it is right here, episode six three three. How appropriate thirty three for Alan Watt and his uh, widow. So there you go. So we a little bit of Alan Watt on here, so you can easily okay. find stuff. You'll find the searches pretty darn fast here on FacoTube. Yeah, and I cross posted a um, a tribute show that Melissa did on Alan Watt. I thought it was really good. And we got 5,000 views on that right there. And just to see, mm-hmm. let, let me just see. Oh, I didn't, um, I didn't put the origin of that. But uh, that's probably more views than they got on YouTube. So there you go. I wasn't aware of these. This is great. I'm glad to see this. I, I didn't know I didn't know you had an interview like that. Oh, yeah. That's great. Well, Alan Watt, uh, I've, I've, I wasn't, um, listening to him back in the day, but when I started researching, a couple people referred me to his broadcast. So I definitely started listening and I'll make that show note number one tonight. I do, as I talk about things, I make show notes and this is FAK 674. So that'll be show note number one for anyone who's following along and wants to find my fake YouTube interview. It, it was interesting. It was different. It was an interesting uh, discussion that we had. Okay, so anyway, so you're yeah. listening to Alan Watt, Alan, Alex Jones. Yeah, and he opened, uh, is Alan Watt was the guy who opened my mind because I could see the, the bigger picture. You understand the Fabians, uh, cram trails, I could, you know, see them. It was just back in 20, 2008, really, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, cam trails, uh, what else? Vaccines. Fluoride. I was already reading about fluoride. All these, all these topics. Nine Eleven. He wasn't so. He, he didn't get into details about Nine Eleven, but other people did, and I gradually learned more and more. Even later on, I was listening to. I was learning for years. I was kept learning for years. I was listening to Clint Richardson's show. As I heard Lark. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get Clint on as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to. Um, Coaxbusters call. That's where I heard about you the first time. I remember. Oh, they right. Were by you. 
Did you ever call in? No, I I just listened. No, I no, I didn't. No. Yeah, Chris was great. Yeah, they're very they're very interesting, and they were influenced by you. Obviously, I, I could tell they were talking about your show. Well, actually, I was influenced by them more. <laughs> so yeah, I, I had okay. Chris on a few times, and I listened to all his stuff as well for sure. Mm-hmm. I tried to help him out with some technical issues, but. Uh, with no, I don't think he had any money. So when you don't have any money, it's hard to keep a keep your sites going. I don't even think he renewed some of his um, his domains on time, and he lost one of them, which was crazy. <laughs> so he wasn't he was sort of a a semi technical person, and you need to be. I'm I'm quite technical, even though my skills are limited, and I run up against roadblocks all the time with my skill. But I try and keep a couple websites going, including FacoTube. And uh, it takes takes a lot of effort and and stress and strain. But yeah. So Chris was <laughs> Chris was good. I talked to him right right up towards the end, which is sad sad demise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He. Yeah. That was sad. I heard about that. It's very sad. So you're you're right up to date with pretty much all the things that I like to talk about then. Which is good. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm right up to date or not. <laughs> I just kept trying to catch up with what you have on your site. I haven't. I'm not familiar. I wasn't familiar with it. Okay. Well, that's why I do these shows um, cross promotion. So if you could promote my site on your platform as well, I'm sure we could all use a little boost because the only way people find out about my site is through other people promoting it because Google doesn't really help. And um, certainly, yes, for sure, I'll do that. And I'm looking here at the different posts you have on CanadianLiberty.com on Alan Watt. And, uh, yeah, that was March 2021, coming up to two years ago. Crazy. The one, yes. The one with all the comments is the one, um, the heavyweight, alternative media heavyweight. Okay. Has a lot of com- comments and controversy. <laughs> oh, 57 replies. Okay. Yeah. There. Now I see it. All right, I'll put a link to that. And what was the controversy? I don't have just to... that people suspected all sorts of things. Oh, that it may have been may have been fake. Yeah, all this stuff, and but other other others were just you know leaving their tributes. Well, I we study media fakery, so the first thing we we're always suspicious on my side of people, including Chris of Hoaxbusters, so. It seems mm-hmm. unlikely, but it's always a little bit in the back of everyone's mind that something nefarious could be going on. I was just i I don't know what I don't know what happened. Still, I was I'm looking forward to listening to the interview. Yeah, we really didn't get into that mm-hmm. kind of thing in the interview, but yeah, you it, it might be worth your while. We may have said something interesting. But yeah, he definitely would read and discuss, even though his Scottish brogue was a little hard to get through. I find I always uh, have subtitles when I watch uh, some UK movies because I can't keep track of what they're saying when they slur everything together. But overall, it was it was interesting. It's dry. It's dry material when he's reading Club of Rome stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what he did. Like he did, he slogged through all the um, heavy articles and did did all that research, which we made use of. 
mm-hmm. for sure. And I, re- I think it, he influenced a lot of uh, alternative media people. He opened opened the doors. You know, he opened people's minds. I think. But it does suck that all these guys that were talking about what was going to happen disappeared just when this whole thing really got going. Like Chris and Alan, and it, it just it's just annoying. Carrie Mullis, that kind of, all these all these leading characters that we're talking about this kind of thing are now no longer here to comment right on what we're talking about today. I think it was probably, I think some of it would have been the stress of all the events in 2020. I think it was overwhelming for yep. me. I thought it was amazing. Just, just, uh, it's very intense when it started. But for these guys, they knew it was coming. So it's not, it doesn't, it's not to me, it's not as big a deal. Like for me, and I really maybe hadn't been researching the whole big picture as long as these guys, um, I was ready for this. I said hoax the minute it started because I'd been looking at the health, vaccines, all the things that, um, and I, I, I thought what Alan was saying was far fetched. I thought, how could they do this? I just don't see it happening. <laughs> so, but the point is that if you are aware that it was going to happen, is it such a surprise when it actually does? It's not about, I don't think it's a surprise. It's just the overwhelming nature of what you, you realize it is. It's just you realize this is like a war. They've turned against us. All of us, they've turned against the people. They're lying and corrupt. You can tell. It's, it was just so obvious uh, to a lot of us who, who were, whose eyes had been opened. And I think Alan Watt was trying to keep up with it. He was keeping up with that news, saying, you know, every week he'd have a show. You keep up with the COVID stuff. I, I imagine he was overwhelmed. I don't know. He was probably sick with something. I don't know. He was. I think he was probably about seventy. You would know from the interview. I don't know, but I think he was probably in the seventies. I was guessing. Yeah, somebody put an RIP that he was born in sixty-five. That seems like the wrong year. No, that that's a different Alan Watt. Oh, I okay. Checked, okay. I checked that out. He got the wrong one. That was Alan Watts with an No, S. that's uh, it's just a, it, it, no, someone I never heard of lived in Canada. His name was Alan Watt from Scotland. Okay. And he's a bit of a celebrity, I guess, but I tried to put the info in there. It's not, it's not, I told him it's not our Alan. Oh, okay. Different. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. Alan Watt was a little older. Okay. Yeah. What's your take on what's going on now? Let's start. What do you think is happening in Canada in particular, but in the world in general? Well, somehow they've got through these international agreements, they formalized it over the years, years and years and years, many, many, many international agreements, starting with the Brundtland Commission. Well, not even starting with the Brundtland Commission, but going back before that, but including um, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World Revisited. And he was a brother of Julian Huxley, who... Uh, developed the concept of transhumanism and he was the, you know, the founder of UNESCO. Yeah. Right. So back then they had the agenda back then, the World Wildlife Fund. They had, um, Bilderberg Group had all that. And, um, they were, um, developing this plan basically around, you know, population, controlling the population and controlling people 
and they had it from the days of H.G. Wells and, Ald- and Aldous Huxley when he wrote his novel, Brave New, Brave New World, in the 30s. And I believe Brave New World parallels a lot of what's happening now in Agenda 21. And what happened in Canada was a combination, I think, of it is definitely corruption and it's secret, a secret society of sorts and it's blackmail, I think. And all combined, most of, almost all of these politicians were captured and they're unified in some way. They, they don't, they don't go against it. They're all locked in and they do, they're doing, they're starting in 2020. They're doing criminal things, committing fraud, breaking all sorts of laws, breaking the charter. And they were like with the death protocols, the COVID protocols. Those are euthanasia, special euthanasia protocols, not even the ones that were just created a few years ago, about before in 2017 or so. But these were special COVID protocols. You call, you call them euthanasia protocols or health rationing or, yeah. um, you know, isolation and not treating people and suppressing treatments. And they, they killed people with those and in some areas worse than others. So it was bad. It was bad enough in Ontario and Quebec. And basically the elderly were kept out of hospitals. And it was documented by the mainstream media, even documented. So they were the Ontario protocol was published in the Toronto Star, was done openly. The Canadian Medical Association had a protocol. I still have a web archive link to it. The um sisters not not to treat elderly people if you don't have to, you know. That's basically you treat the younger people first. And it's all this just excuse making, pretending that there's these huge numbers of there's gonna be these huge numbers of sick people, and there weren't. There are lots of hospital em- empty hospital rooms. That was everybody knew it. It was it was in the covered by CTV news, empty hospital rooms. In Ontario, um they emptied out the hospitals, they canceled the surgery, uh nurses were sent home, all this stuff was happening all over Canada. So that's part of the fraud, just to give the impression of this pandemic. And all I'm saying is that there's a huge, huge topic. They're trying to force the vaccines. Bill Gates was already talking about that, saying you're all the whole world is going to be vaccinated. And of course it leads to digital ID and digital currency and all of that stuff. And a controlled world, like Brave New World. Yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm, just before we talk about anything like injections, we're going to have to turn off the YouTube stream now. So any, all you guys on YouTube, this is your introduction to the video, and you have to switch over to FacoTube now. FacoTube.com, that's where you can participate in the chat. All your chats will turn into comments on the video on FacoTube. So I invite all you people over on YouTube to come on over to FacoTube.com. And you have to register on FacoTube if you want to chat. Otherwise, you can just view anonymously. It's fine. So thank you for the YouTube viewers. And now I'm going to shut off YouTube. All right. So YouTube is off. So now we can talk about the clot shot. <laughs> so because okay. I, uh, yeah. this is my new strategy where I, I don't want to forsake YouTube because I know so many people still are addicted to it because. Yes. 
but I don't want to uh, censor myself. So now all those fake or all those YouTubers have to come over here. I do stream on Facebook, Twitter, D Live as well. None of them ever delete my channel, which is really interesting. Which is mainly because nobody watches me over there. <laughs> I guess that's the main thing. So that's fine. But I am all my all my videos are on Facebook still, which is crazy. So, but I I don't they I guess they just get no traffic. So that's probably why Facebook. Well, is, try to I'll try to help out with that as much as I can. Anyway, <laughs> are you on I'll Facebook definitely. a lot? Uh, I'm on Facebook um, and I'm on Twitter a lot. I'd okay. say and. Through my website, I'll definitely just link. To, I'll link to you for sure. You know. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I definitely a couple of video. Definitely a couple of videos I want to. I want to promote, for sure. Oh, good. What I do is I lift my favorite video, and put it on FacoTube. And FacoTube is a crowdsourced platform, because it costs me a couple hundred US a month to run. I welcome donations, and I have some very. Generous donors, including um, Epic Cash, which is a up-and-coming cryptocurrency, which uh, I'm pretty sure if it's not Epic Cash, we are going to need an alternative currency if we don't want to be crushed by what's coming. So even if we're trading cigarettes or matchsticks or rubies, diamonds, we're going to need a method of exchanging value that isn't the state-sponsored, state-controlled currency. I can guarantee you that. And I have no doubt that people will figure out a way around it. That's just human nature. But if you want what looks like a pretty solid, private, limited crypto, Epic Cash is up and coming. So they are a sponsor of FacoTube. And I I have some Epic Cash. That's my financial disclosure. Not a lot. I don't believe in investing in currencies, period. But I do have a wallet and some money in there. But I would never consider currency an investment. But I know lots of people like to speculate with currency. So I'll just put that out there. Now, let me just look at a couple comments here real quick before I stop looking at the um, the YouTube comments. I'll look at some of the old YouTube comments. Stupid says, great show on Sunday with Simon. Simon Shack is the the author of a movie called September Clues, which is the penultimate 9-11 video. Have you ever heard of that, Alan? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. Okay. I should, wa- I should watch it. Yeah, definitely watch it. It's on FacoTube. And watch all the uh, 20 small ancillary videos that go with it as well. Stupid also says he would listen to Alan Watt when I was going to sleep. He would put me to sleep. Yeah, I, I can identify with that. Can you identify with that, Alan? He had a very no, because I was driving, so <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Um, All right. I'd have to pull over if I needed to sleep. So, but definitely no. He, he was. He made me more alert. Actually, I it was more exciting. Actually. You were interested, so every time you said something, yeah. you probably perked up. You'd get into certain things for the. They would click in my mind, and it just gets really very intense. Okay, and not every show, but a lot of shows. And Jenna in the comments, who is a contributor to the Fakeologist uh, Media Empire, she asks you. She asks your guest said he listened to Lark. Can he share his awareness of communitarianism? Are you familiar with that word? I guess you are. Yes, yes, I am. And 
there's I have on my site because um, I know like I I equate it to the New World Order, right? Uh, but on my site I have a I think a speech by Clinton, Bill Clinton, and he talked about communitarianism, and I I listened to those uh, discussions by uh, I think maybe some interviews with Nikki Rapana, and I've heard about her before, and uh, I knew I knew about her, and I I have a pretty good understanding, grasp the understanding of what communitarianism means, and it's very similar, because I, I, I keep, I don't know, you know, it's getting repetitive, but I go back to the novel Brave New World, I use that as a parallel, and he described a system that was a mixture of capitalism and communism, the characters all had, they either had capitalist names or communist names. It was very, very intentional. And that's the system they always intended. And if you go back to that, if you've seen the interview with, uh, <clears throat> I think it was G. Edward Griffin or somebody had, a, sorry, an interview with one of the guys who was a researcher for the Reese Committee hearings back okay. in the day. Okay. In the fifties. And he talked about how the Ford Foundation had told him that there would be a merger. They were trying to, what they're trying to do was merge the American and Soviet systems together. Did they so use all the word, along? They, did they use the word sorry. back then? Um, didn't use the word communitarian, but he was talking about a merger. Wow. Do you have that clip? That'd be a good clip. I should be able to find it for you. I don't think, I don't know how it was on my site. I don't know if it's been taken down by the channel. Um, okay. Now, I just, did a, I just did a search on communitarianism. And let me point out that um, what Alan's done is he's created a blog. Now, this blogs were before the popular social media. So I've had a blog for 20 years. I started with one called Gray Matter, which was one of the first ones I could find. And the power of the blog that you don't really get with all the control platforms is you own your data and it's really easy to search. So I just searched Alan's blog, CanadianLiberty.com for the word communitarianism and look at all the posts he's got. And he goes way back to 20, 2008. So pretty, uh, this, 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 my friends, everyone who wants to be a publisher or an author, you need a blog. Because I'm sure Alan would have had these posts censored on any of the platforms. But because he has his own blog and his own data, you can find some of his old stuff. Look at this, 2008. It very interesting. And here's something real good on uh, responsibility 9-11. Yeah, that's, that's, that was strange because I was um, just finishing... My involvement with the Libertarian Party, I was just trying to move on to other things. And I just, just did a random news story about this statue they were planning to build called the Statue of Responsibility. <laughs> and it was just so, it was a mixture of right-wing and left-wing politicians getting together to plan this and all these self-help gurus. It was very strange. And I, I did connect it with communitarianism. I just, I interpreted it that way. And I, my understanding is that communitarianism goes back to listening to those interviews with Lark or uh, Nikki Rapana years ago, that it goes back to 
uh, to even Teddy Roosevelt. And um, a lot of the policies they had regarding parks, even, you know. I'm just searching your site for G. Edward Griffin. Do you think I'd find it if I looked? uh... Um, It's not G. Edward Griffin so much. It's Or maybe, um, I don't think that's the right right guy. Well, you asked. Dodd. It's uh, Dodd. Okay. You got a lot on G. Edward Griffin, too. Very good. And the WordPress search is pretty good as well. Brought up a lot of stuff. So if you can find it, give me the link. I'll try and play it. Yeah, let me see. Everyone needs to go to CanadianLiberty.com and check out his work. There's a ton of stuff here. How far back does your blog go? How many years? Well, it used to be called, it was another website. It was used to be called WhatIsTrue.com. I just merged it together uh, later on. And it goes back to 2002. But I wasn't very aware of things back then. I was more interested in religion. I was member, like I was, I belonged to a church called the Worldwide Church of God. When I was young, I got involved with their beliefs and I joined it. And they were into the end of the world. They were into British Israelism and Saturday Sabbath keeping and a lot of stuff like that. And I was reacting against religious topics. So that's what I was into back then and sorting out my religious beliefs. And that's a lot of what that site is about. Um, those earlier posts are about, plus a lot of politics, libertarian points of view from Lou Rockwell and right. Justin Raimondo and so on. So I started off with that. And then I got more into politics. So 2004, 2006, I had, a, I had some speeches, you know, I'd speak some, sometimes in debates and there was the SPP protest, for example, which was the North American type of partnership they were trying to get across. I got a chance to speak in Toronto with other people from different parties. There were different groups there. And we spoke out against the, you know, the anti-sovereignty SPP agreement at the time, which basically was killed. So there was successful resistance to that in Canada to some degree, I think. Um, and then, and then 2008, my eyes got more and more into things. And then some, I even got into some posts. I discovered Marshall McLuhan, read more about him. And I did some research into Marshall McLuhan and different books, you know, H.G. Um, Wells and Brzezinski, Between Two Ages, and all this stuff, Aldous Huxley. And I try to get into, I try to get in, deep into into authors and books, you know, people usually often they're the bad guys, <laughs> and they're just telling you what their what their plan is. Just looking on your site now that uh, you support value for value, which is fantastic. You're one of the few places I've seen use that phrase. I got that from the No Agenda show, and I my site is also value for value, where I tell people. Standard tagline, you pay whatever you think this site is worth and whatever value you get out of it. So I think it's a fantastic model. Where did you get that idea? I don't, I don't know where I got it from, but I do, I agree with it for sure. And I, I like it. It's, it makes sense. I don't remember where I got it from. 
It's a long time ago. I did hear about No Agenda. I haven't got into it. It's been recommended to me, though. So. And I'll just put a link to your Twitter page right here. That'll be show note number four. Yeah, the No Agenda show is is quite good. They're not really fakeologists, but that's okay. They bring up so many interesting ideas and points that I often clip their show and put those clips on FacoTube audio clips. So I think um, I can listen to anybody as long as they're somewhat awake and aware. But I, one of the reasons I started doing a show daily a couple of years ago, A, I had more time from my business, and two, I figured my audience is now everybody because everyone should be aware of the fakery going on because everyone now is exposed to it and they are going to be smashed by it if they don't see what's going on. So whereas 9-11 was a very limited audience, it was 20 years ago, most people, a whole generation is being has been born that doesn't even know what it is. But now we're in the middle of one of the greatest fakes ever. This whole... There's two real big fakes going on. One is COVID. The fact that there is a contagious virus. Contagion's a myth. Viruses are a myth. COVID is a myth. There's three in one right there. And the next thing we're transitioning to is the CO2 magical molecule. That's also a myth. I don't even think CO2 exists per se. I think it's just air. Well, that's where I'm, I guess I'm not like a full fledged psychologist then. <laughs> well, the, the fact, the, well, the fact that they've made it an enemy or something bad, it's, it's total inversion. It's the opposite. Yes, it's, it's true it, because it's supposed to be beneficial to life. Right. Plants, it's absolute. It's absolutely twisting what yeah. was taught as science on his head. Yeah. Upside down. Exactly. So that is the next super big lie that they've, that they put upon us. And they're going to be using CO2, as I discussed last night, as the world's major currency. Everything is going to be priced by the CO2 emissions that they attach to it. And that, that has got to be one of the biggest, phoniest, most ridiculous concepts known to man, that they can assign a CO2 value to everything, including, including your slippers. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I, the building that is going to be used to calculate CO2 emissions for everything in the world is going to have to be 10,000 stories tall, full of people. <laughs> Hey, can just imagine. When, the, when these people came up with technocracy back in the 30s, they were ambitious about doing something very similar. It's maybe the same agenda. Oh, for sure. Technocracy. Yeah. Energy exchange. And doing all the calculations the human beings going to be involved in throughout the day. It's, lunatic, it's a bunch of lunatics. And when you're involved, when you learn this stuff, when your eyes are being opened, you're, 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 it's so, it's amazing. It's so exciting. You don't know how to, you don't know how to, what to do. You don't know what to deal, how to deal with it. Like when I was, I was talking about issues to do with freedom that are obvious after 9-11 or some things I could understand are coming up more, worse and worse. And that's why I got involved with the small political party, the libertarian party. And then when I confronted, like confronting the reality of trying to communicate with people and you can't even get to the, 
the doors sometimes because the apartment, they won't let you in. <laughs> but even though you're a candidate, all this, all these obstacles, so much work and so much money is involved in communicating with the public. You don't, you don't know how to deal with it. And it's a, it's so overwhelming. And, but I that, think the, people the, have to find a way, you know. That's why there's operations and businesses that pretty much that's their full-time job getting through to the public and we know now we're experiencing it propaganda repetition just tons of money that's why nobody that is nobody that that is at the top grows organically they are pulled to the top they are placed at the top because it's just like you said it's not possible to get your message out there above above all the money behind all the bot politicians they have to be bought they you just nobody bubbles under from from the ground up they're just pulled to the top i i feel like not giving up though i feel like trying to trying to do more and i, I well yeah you shouldn't because what is the alternative yeah. the alternative is death <laughs> you're either going to fight or die yeah there was a i did hear someone talk about um it's, I think the website is notourfuture.org or something like that from England. Okay. For example, he was talking about creating the, he has these flyers. He wants to get a massive volunteer campaign to flyer, you know, the whole, you know, every city. He was in England. Yeah. These and two guys. I've seen these guys. Yeah. Go was ahead. that the website? Yeah. There's a lot of controlled opposition on this page, by the way. I don't, oh, know if, really? I don't know if you're familiar with that topic. I'm not. Okay, well. Oh, there you go. There's a lot of people oh, on but, here I like. I like a lot of these people. I like Vernon Coleman. I think for the most part he has said mostly the right stuff. But uh, interesting. Yeah, so I'll put a link to notourfuture.org here. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the right side. And the whole idea, though, is somehow if we could educate and communicate to more people, I would hope that we'd be able to get more people involved and creating a, a new, you know, try to renew society, try to save, try to save our society. If we can just inform people. You know, the way they didn't listen to us, you know, the way the families didn't listen to us when we talked to them back in 2020. Just right. thought, you know, but that doesn't mean that they're always they're all, they're going to stay that they're going they're not going to stay that way. They won't be able. To, people think about what's happening is people will not be able to endure what they're going to try to do to us. It, it won't be acceptable. People will just it will not be tolerable. So we have to. It it will be resisted. It will be resisted. Even if it's not me, it's not uh, us, it may be, it'll be other people. So. I'll put a link to this. I found your Norman Dodd link. I didn't realize you put it in my uh, private chat there. Is there one, yeah. now, th is there one video that has all the parts in one so I don't have to load them all together? Um, they took the ones down from YouTube that I had linked. Okay. For it, some reason. How long time. is the video? Is it this one that's 50 minutes? They all, well, the ones that all look the same, it might be, um, all, all the information might be in that one, you know, about 15 minutes. 
No, 50. Oh, 50. Yeah. That must have all the info. Okay, that's 15. One of these has got to be it. <clears throat> I, I think I might have seen it here. So here is one that's 50 minutes. Norman Daw, the, the, the hidden agenda for world whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, as such, uh, okay, watch here. Watch here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is 50 minutes. So do you think this is the one? That should have everything in it, I believe. It's in parts in the other videos. He looks like an older guy. Norman Dodd, Congressional Investigator of Tax-Exempt Foundations. Okay. And this interview was in the 80s. Right. And I think it was... He was talking about the Ford and Foundation... The Ford Foundation and Carnegie. The story you are about to hear represents a missing piece in the puzzle. I wonder if I have them on FacoTube. Just let me do a quick search on FacoTube. Otherwise, we will link to it on FacoTube. Okay, looks like I do have it. Yeah, 50 minutes right here. I put it up two years ago. (laughs) See, I don't even remember my own videos. But this is worth it, eh? Yeah, so I did put it up on FacoTube. And let's see if it was still on YouTube. Yeah, it's the same video. Okay. The truth always adds up. I gotcha. Okay, so it's got only 5,000 views from 10 years ago on YouTube, and it has 677 views on FacoTube, which is a tiny hidden site that no one knows about. So I'll make this show note number seven. So if people want to watch that, you can. Okay, very good. I post so many videos, it's just hard to keep track. Yeah. And that's by G, yeah, that was G. Edward Griffin's interview. Right, 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 right. Okay, very good. So thanks for that. Little, little, uh, return to what I remember. That's good. Okay. So what do you think is, what do you think is coming for people? What is your, what's your take on it? I just think there's, they're going to try to, they're going to try to impose their policies and which is digital currency, mm-hmm. digital ID. Right. And more, more vaccines. They're going to try to impose those things and there's going to be resistance. What part is That's, going to be resistant? The people, the people are going to resist. No, but, but what what part of it is going to be resisted? Like for me, the the absolute worst part of this whole thing is this clot shot that's that will kill you. I mean, I don't know how much more direct they have to be that they that they hate us. That is the worst part. So that is at the top of my list right now. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Almost everything else is benign compared to just this lethal clot shot. Well, and more. More clot shots would be worse. You know, more clot shots would be worse, right? So I think they're planning to keep with it. Yeah, I th- I do too. The problem yeah, is this thirty percent, and I all all tyrannies are run by about thirty percent. Like even in Canada, thirty percent is a majority government. Period, for the most part. Would you agree with that? Um, all tyrannies are run by thirty percent. 
Well, I just figure if you have 30% of the population believing any one thing, you have a majority. Because that, in most parliamentary systems, can be translated into a majority. I think you have a good you have a good point there. I haven't thought of it like that. Do we I, have- I tend to think that a lot of I think it's a certain class of people in Canada are locked into these into like a submission into an idealization of government and they believe in government. And maybe that's thirty yeah. percent you're talking about. Yeah, they're hardcore yeah. injectors. That <laughs> they they believe in their injections. Like people think, but I also I also don't think that. I think also they know the difference between right and wrong. So these politicians, they're they're they are not. Uh, they know the difference between right and wrong, and they're but they're not doing the right thing. They're doing the wrong thing. Mm. This video I watched today, and I got it off of um, I got it off Odyssey. And the problem with Odyssey right now is this, this is why I have Faco too, because Odyssey was working really well, but in the last week you can't download stuff from it. So I had to go find this video somewhere else. So this is why people need to support my video platform. If you want to keep these videos going and able to download easily is, is, is help support Faco too, because yes. even, even Odyssey was not working, has not worked right in the last week. And I, I sent them a message and they know, they, they say it's because of abuse, not by me, but by the world, I guess, is abusing their site somehow. And they're also promoting a, a crypto and the government's going to go after them for doing that as well because they have this thing called a library token and <laughs> mixing all these things in with your website is bad news. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But, um, See media, uh, I think it's very. She's very good, right? I like I like her oh. her material. Z, the, yes, the girl on the left, right there. Yeah, she's very she's very good. Yeah, I just found out about her today, and this is what I love about my research. I'm always finding out about people. And this other woman here, Catherine Watt, who has mm-hmm. BaileyWickNews.substack.com. This was a really revelatory interview, and really, I don't know if you've watched this. Or no. seen this woman or looked at her substack. They really put all this together, a lot of the missing pieces together. This is a military operation backed by the BIS, the Bank of International Settlements. This is huge. This is why it's not going to go away. And this is why a lot of these governments, this is how they've tied all these governments up and indemnified them. It's really fascinating. I didn't really follow it perfectly. I might have to listen to it again, but people need to watch this video. It is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this thanks wo- for the recommendation. And yeah. Catherine Watt is very smart. She's kind of like an egghead type, but really, 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 really smart. As a matter of fact, I'm going to just fix this title here because uh, it's got cut off. Worldwide military-led martial, medical martial law. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's, it's amazing. It is martial law. And, uh, I don't quite understand how they're doing it, but you got to take a look at this video. Everybody here. And I think there's evidence there's a long-term plan because. Oh, for sure. Uh, just going back to the, I mean, of course there is, but yeah, just going back to the eighties, there, there were actual pieces of legislation being prepared. I think the, um, 
to deal with pandemics. And For sure. Even Agenda, Agenda 21 refers to a pandemic. Well, did you know that 14 of the 17 SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, have vaccine language in them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. And, right. It's um, it's all, and so the way Agenda 21, people, um, when you're reading it, and same with Agenda 2030, when you're reading it, it's all a lot of uh, fluff. It's all hot air. It's marketing. Uh, it's selling dictatorship to you. Right. And you're lying. A lot of things, stuff in it, Agenda 2030, I noticed are lies. Just lying. It's contradictions. You know, that you're going to, you're going to keep your national sovereignty. Really? You know, it's not a chance. At the same time, we take it away. You know, it's just uh, a lot of lies. Yeah, her Substack is bailiwicknews.substack.com. Once more, I don't know why these people submit to Substack. Substack is just another place to steal your money. However, people just love the ease of use, I suppose, but using your own blog is, is pretty easy. Would you say, Alan, you've got your own and you've had your own for a long time? It's not that hard? Yeah. I definitely would recommend that, yes, having your own blog. Yeah. With your own data. And you can save your own data, and if your blog gets blown away, you can just reload your data. That's right. And it's been hacked now and then. It gets it used to get hacked anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. So she really lays out how this is a, a United States-led system that's backed by the Bank of International Settlements, and they are covered so well. With they've just got every regulation in every country set up so well. I think a couple of countries are trying to get out of it. These are really ironclad. I think they're called kill boxes. I think it says here <laughs> a military kill box. <laughs> wow. And I think I think maybe Thailand, maybe Costa Rica are trying to get out of this straitjacket, but I don't know if that's just sort of atrocity propaganda or they're really trying I, I i just don't know definitely i'm going to read those articles thank you for uh, pointing that those out to me yeah this is this is that. from today this is just i got this today okay. so uh this will take you a while this is pretty heavy duty yeah. stuff here Bye i didn't again. know about her i haven't didn't i don't think i've heard of her no me neither that's the thing every day i'm meeting new people i never heard of cindy niles but this woman is just a crackerjack when it comes to Agenda 21, and she's been talking about this on Facebook for years. But I don't find people on Facebook. I don't, I don't hang out on Facebook. <laughs> but thanks to Jenna and Brian, they brought me to her attention and brought her to my attention. And, uh, she goes on and on about, uh, all kinds of aspects of Agenda 21, Agenda 2030. It's really fascinating. Have you seen, so have you seen yeah. any of her videos? This is her here, by the way. She's Australian? Yeah. Yeah, I heard one of her videos, yeah. Here's I think one, one of the here. recent ones on your, on your, on your website. Oh, good. So you just started looking at the. And it's 10 to 9 in the evening. I'm Cindy. I'm in the Corporation of Victoria within the Corporation of Australia. Um, I just want to remind everybody that our corporations are doing everything in their power um, to make us to make life convenient for us 
Anyway, really good stuff. She touches on so many different topics. Apparently, she's in Facebook jail, Jenna tells me. And that means... Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so I think her site is still up, but you can't, or she can't post to it. But maybe she can't, I don't know. Let's just see here. Well, it says she put something up 12 hours ago, so maybe she's still back at it. But uh, if you go to my source part of FacoTube, underneath the video, there's always a source, and you, it clicks through to the video. So that's one of the services FacoTube provides. You can easily find where I got the video if there is a easy-to-access link and get to it using that link. Not too many other... That's very convenient. That's good. Yeah, good that's good, good for researchers like yourself. If you want to dig mm-hmm. into it, find out where this came from. I don't hide it. I think all of us should collaborate and recommend each other because that's how information is. We don't have the propaganda machine working for us. We can't advertise and spend millions of dollars. We just have to tell each other and hope that this information gets to a person of influence because we're up against a giant. Yes, that's right. And it is big. So you have touched on, I'm looking at the major topics on your blog, just so much stuff here. And so you're, now I always ask everybody that I talk to, because some people think that these clot shots are just a schism where they've just created pro-vax versus, I don't like to say anti-vax. How about pro-life? I like pro-life. So you're either pro-vax or pro-life. I think that's the easiest way to make a, yeah. a positive discernment. Do you do you personally know anyone that's been injured or killed by the vaccine? It's a good question. Um, and I have to say no. I don't. But I know I, I might have heard of somebody. But, I do, yeah, actually... But they okay. The one of the problems is they'll deny it. So I I heard a coworker talk about getting sick with something. You know, suddenly it was about a year ago, right? And I I suggested maybe it's a vaccine. And uh, yeah, that sort of thing happens. It's vague. You don't know. No, they'll they're not they're not clear on. It. They don't believe it or they don't think about it. They don't want to think about it. So. It's always something else. The doctors will tell them it's something else. Yeah, that is that's absolutely true. So you can't really they can't get confirmation. They don't really know. Yeah, it's a it's a huge problem, isn't it? Yeah, and they're in denial too, so it's you have to use your judgment. You have to be careful with you know, use you know, just have to use your judgment. Mm-hmm. So do you and and I also think it. I think it's very regional. I really think that this is. There's different lots for sure. We all are aware from the beginning. There are many different brands, but most people think that Pfizer is is the best. If there's if if there's such a such a thing, such a concept, it's ridiculous. But I think they have regionalized lots. I think they're targeting different areas in the world for sure. And I'm not sure Canada is being targeted for, I would call it a culling, in the same way certain areas of the United States are. 
uh, certain areas of Europe. What do you think on that? It's, yeah, it's a real possibility. I, there's still, I've heard of, I've thought of that. There's other possibilities that there's a lot of fraud going on. You know, that people are just using saline by fraud or it's part of an experiment to give some people saline or the, some of the batches went bad. And those are the worst ones. You know, they had to, it's ridiculous. You read the Pfizer documentation. I have some of the original one on my site. It's maybe the same as the new one, but it's, uh, basically they had to keep it at a very extreme temperature when they're transporting it. Very, very cold temperature. It's ridiculous. And I don't believe that people would have handled it properly at the other end. They're supposed to refrigerate it. I don't believe people would have handled it them all properly. So some people would have got a, Bad, bad batch would have gone bad in some way, or maybe it would have been better for them. So I think there's different possibilities. Harmon says uh, he showed someone his showed a friend of his in BC about the carbon credits. He doesn't believe it. Okay, well you don't have to believe it. You can just see it with your own eyes. And Harmon says you downloaded a video today on Odyssey. Okay, that's good. Some of them are not working. I I tried quite a few today, and none of them were working. And Skate Destroy says, Catherine's Substack is great. Been meaning to put a link to it in the forums. Yeah, don't forget we have Fakeologist forums here. Where uh, it's separate from my blog. It's a forum site I run, so it's really a great place for people to keep the start conversations that are searchable and trackable. So Fakeologist forums, you're welcome to join that if you want, Alan, as well. And you Thank can you. put you can put That's link great. you can put links to your site there. That's what we're all about. So there's all kinds of stuff. Okay. All kinds of stuff on there. Lots of very active forums. Look at this UK related articles. Twenty one thousand views. <laughs> That's a big one. That's an old thread, by the way. It's twenty five pages of that. And Rachel started that. So we have lots of great contributors. All these people here are completely aware of what's going on. So this is a great place and we own the data. It's our site. So that's the Fakeologist Forums and um, Skate and Destroy says her timeline of how we reach this madness through legislation is fascinating. Yeah, it really is. They have been building this for 20, 30, 40 years. It's crazy. And uh, mm-hmm. They're still breaking the law though. They're still breaking charters, still breaking the criminal code. Yeah. That's fraud. You know, so the laws can be one way, laws can be the other way. You know, it's a contradiction. There's, that's another thing. I don't think it's possible to go against human nature. It can only go so far with corruption and contradictions and it'll go, it just can't go any further. It doesn't matter how yeah, to, indoctrinated people are. To use their words, it's unsustainable. And I hate that yeah. word sustainable because it's one of the buzzwords of communitarianism. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. will implode. And I think just the magnitude of this operation will force it to implode. I just don't think, I just think something this large just can't, can't work. But so far it is working. So I'm being refuted daily. Oh, it's very, no, it's very destructive though. So it'll, you know, it'll refute itself eventually. People will just, I don't believe it's in nature or human nature. To go along with it, so it, it won't work for us either. So it's not it's not meant to either. I think it's it's evil intent. It's really malevolent. 
It's everything. It's anti-human. It's um, anti-God. It's Satanistic. It's just everything. Everything is wrong with it. It's just the antithesis of human freedom. It's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you live in the country, and you know that Agenda Twenty One aims to get everyone out of the country into stack and pack and track cities. How worried are you that you'll be with, with whatever methods they can get forced out of your rural area? And by the way, are your are the rural areas managed by? I heard the term RM used when it refers to the governments in rural areas. Is that regional manager? Oh, regional regional municipality. Oh, okay, that's what it stands for. Okay, that makes so sense. some some areas are rural, like they're instead of the old counties, they'll have regional municipalities. So I think that's created under Agenda Twenty One, from oh. what I understand. I think even the Conservatives in Ontario, I think they were enacting Agenda Twenty One way back then, even with amalgamations. Right, the amalgamations. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Regionalization is definitely a globalist thing. So when they created Durham region, for example, I believe that's the globalist thing. That's, that's part of it. So, but some of our counties here are still, uh, county governments, which are also, but generally speaking, seem to be infiltrated by globalists in Gen 21 also. And so I had an experience when I used to live in Peterborough County and Havelock. Right. So I talk about it at my website also, where I, I, I noticed the Delphi technique was being used. Um, you want to explain year, that real quick? And then the next, you know, they, they would bring, even the rural community, they just say, okay, we're going to have a meeting. You get to see, you come and see all the plans and you sign a, a note that you were there and present. It's just like you don't really understand. You talk to these students, these contractors, basically, or ex, you know, just graduated uh, private contractors who are promoting. It was called Sustainable Peterborough. It was a like a whole the whole county, and our municipality. They set up all these plans in a particular location, mm-hmm. uh, and we we went there and we'd see all the plans. And what are we going to say? You know, we're just trying to interpret the plans, but whatever's on the the uh, drawings, and then you just end up asking them questions. I challenged them a bit. You know, I said, when I when I signed it, I just said, I don't agree with any of this. Uh, the guy characterized my views as more extreme. He was being polite. He's, the counselor that was there said, she'll, she'll bear it in mind. I was concerned about property rights. And a year later, they had, I think about a year later, they had the official plan ready. And I have a, yeah, um, I made up a, a written report and I spoke, said the same thing at the council meeting and I pointed out how it paralleled Agenda 21, the uh, language they're using. And they're just controls on what you can do on your property, just what you'd expect. And um, that's the official plan. And... There's a lot of there are a lot of that happened over the years, and it's been going on a long time. 
But what they were just very polite. They listened. But what exactly is the Delphi understood. technique? Because I always get mixed up with that. Yeah, I, sorry. Yeah, the first meeting I mentioned, that's the Delphi technique. They get you to go and they get you to accept it's legitimate just by being here. You're there. Oh, okay. So there are a bunch of people that went there. Right. That's all it is. So the premise, just the premise and just the fact that you go there indicates that you agree with it or you're just the starting point is wrong is what you're saying. So they've already. It's just, it's, it may be a bit, mine, mine is very simple. It's like it's a very simple situation. It's not like anyone was hardly talking. It wasn't like a meeting where you're sitting down talking or just walking around and talking to them. And it just means that you don't feel like, uh, you don't feel like challenging them. You feel like just going along. It seems legitimate. It just legitimizes what they're doing. Just the act. It's like a ritual. Just having the meeting. They're getting you to consent just by being there. Or they think they, in their, their mind, they're getting people to consent. People don't understand. Maybe most people there, it's not relevant to them or they don't, they don't understand what they're looking at, but they're still in a way consenting. So that, that's how I, uh, you can see other people explain the Delphi technique on uh, YouTube, but it's the same. I think it's definitely part of the technique. It's just the conditioning. You don't want to challenge. You don't feel I challenge them, but most people won't feel like challenging them. It's just like they're consenting. I got and it. A year later is the official plan. Right. Yeah, I look at it as they give you two choices that aren't really choices. They're just, they're, they're, they're basically agreeing to the premise and the, the choices are not even opposed to each other, really. They're just sort of the same, but they make it seem, but it, they make it seem that it's already yeah. predetermined, the outcome. And by agreeing yeah, to one like, or the this other. Is, this must... mm-hmm. It's wildlife, you know, it's like, whether it's, it's protecting species or it's uh, wetlands or whatever story they're telling. You know, to say this is protected protected area, you don't do this on this this part of land the, the land, and I think most people they are overwhelmed by it. They just didn't know what was going on. Really, they don't know to object to anything. It just it seems just like a boring meeting. And most people, most of the people in that municipality wouldn't have thought of going to the meeting. Mm-hmm. There were some people there. It was an, I mean the second meeting, the official council meeting, where they actually passed the the official plan. Interesting. Agenda 21 was, all these years, it's undercover. It's not public people. They have no idea about it. Most people, politicians would never talk about it. It was brought in early, you know, under, I think it was Mulroney. Yeah, right, the Paris Accord, Paris Treaty. Yeah, they come in as treaties as well. Well, Agenda uh, 21 was paralleled the, what's called, it's still recognized in Agenda 2030, the draft, uh, climate, sorry, framework, climate framework. It's called something like that. It was the first climate treaty. Same, it was passed at the same time as Agenda 21 was agreed to. Yeah, definitely. It's mentioned in Agenda 2030. You see, it, you'll see it still references the um, climate, the climate treaty. 
framework. Yeah, it's 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 this topic is just so big. You don't even know where to to begin. Like most people don't know even one percent of what we're talking about. There's just so much material. It's just so overwhelming. And the main mechanism is the local infiltration that's being used yes. to break up all the layers in between the mothership, which is the UN, and the people at the base. And they want to destroy all the levels of government in between. So you are literally just uh, acting locally and tied to this super na- super national organization of governance and everyone will end up doing everything the same way worldwide without uh, any real representation it's really insidious mm-hmm. um another topic that helped uh, you know a sort of this revelatory is the Fabian history. You have and that on your blog? Someone who gets, um, I get in some of it with H.G. Wells and Huxley, but the big, uh, the big, uh, like an author that's really good at that is Jason Horsley. I think I've, oh, right. And I think I interviewed him once. Maybe. Where is he? Is he in Kitchener? Uh, he used to live in BC. He's moved to Spain. Oh, okay. So I don't know him. Somebody else. Another Jason. Yeah. He, so he he's Canadian. He was in Canada. He's English, and he. Uh, but his books were get into history of the famous society because they relate to occultism. But they also get it. He gets into Jimmy Savile, and this sort of thing. So I thought it was very interesting. He so it's the two books I've read are Vice of Kings and Prisoner of Infinity. And on the surface level, it's like um, Prisoner of Infinity is about Whitley Strieber. You know about communion? You've heard of that? No. I'm just looking on his site now. I think, yeah, his site's called, his podcast is called The Liminalist, isn't it? Yes. I think I tried to listen to it. I don't think I got into it right away. Right, yeah. He, he, he's a good writer. And his books are very good. So... He, his last book was on Hollywood. I think he's discontinued Water Culture, so that's archived. But oh. his books are available on Amazon or whatever. And he's written a lot. And um, he's more into getting back to the land now and that sort of thing. Back uh, to basics. No, Water Culture is still going. He's a post this from two weeks, okay. from ten days ago. Oh, he still updates it? Okay. He wrote a book called Dark Oasis. I'll put a link to this in the show notes. This may or may not be. It's about a Canadian cult leader. Right. I think he was arrested recently. John DeRoyder. Okay, I've never heard of it. I know there was a cult out of Montreal that maybe one of the Bronfmans was involved in. But if you Right. If you get into Vice of Kings, it's about Alistair Crowley. It gets into like the real fat, like the real revelatory issues about him and also about, you know, uh, issues to do with Fabian Society and Jimmy Savile and things that have happened over over time and societal, social engineering. It's really about social engineering. And so is Prisoner of Infinity. It's about Willie Strieber, but it's also about how he's sort of 
it's about subject of trauma and inducing trauma in society and changing people through inducing this trauma. And it seems like Whitley Strieber is a subject or he's, you know, he's the way he's storytelling about things, you know, it's a suspect, but he, he claimed to be a graduate or attend the London School of Economics, which is a Fabian um, university. And it's very interesting because he, his history, when he talks about his life, it seems like he's talking some of the stories that seem to be, you know, very suspicious and very suspect about how is his background. So it's very interesting. Those two books. All right. They cover a lot of different topics, but they relate to social engineering. All right. And his other blog is called landmademan.com. I don't like the flashing on yeah. the screens, making giving me <laughs> making me dizzy. But uh, there you go, landmade man. You can take a look at that. And uh, okay, I'll have to maybe look at him. It looks a little esoteric for me. Yeah, it, it gets it. He's very. He gets right down to earth though, and and the stuff about Aleister Crowley is just telling like a darker story about Aleister Crowley, sort of. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a great things. guy. No, he's getting into things he actually wrote and how it connects with the elite and social engineering. And there's yeah. different parts to the, the book. There's, there's another Canadian topics. that I was listening to. I sort of fell off with him a little bit because the guy's so prolific and so all over the place. A guy named Matt Errett. Have you ever heard of him? Yes, definitely. I met, I talked to him years ago also, but. I've discovered him again recently. He's very prolific. You're right. Unbelievably prolific. Yes. And um, he talks a lot about the Fabian Society. The thing I liked about him is he's one of the first or only people uh, that I have heard talk about the FLQ crisis in Canada that we learned in history. I don't know if you had Canadian history. Yes. And he called that a PSYOP. Which I thought was fascinating because I'm in the psyops, of course, and uh, I really didn't consider it. So I think the whole thing was, um, I'm not sure if he thinks the murders were real or not, but there's a good chance they were all fake. All of it was a psyop just to bring in more oppressive laws. So I thought that was pretty good. Yes. I can't find him right now on my list here. Matt, is it Matt Arad? He's on Rumble. Just trying to find it here. I think it's Canadian Patriot. Canadian yes. Patriot. I yes. am I am one of his Patreons. But for some reason, it's not showing up in my list here. I'll just... Yeah, you write so much, I can't keep up with it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even try. But it's a lot of material. I get a lot of his emails. Yeah. Yeah, I follow him, follow him on Rumble. So it's CanadianPatriot.org. And he talks a lot about the Fabian Society. Mm-hmm. Because basically, like Jason Horsley explains, basically it was transferred to Ameri- the Americans. The Fabian Society, they were influenced, the American elite were influenced by the Fabian Society. That's how it gets into America directly, through their education system for the elite. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It used to be on Rumble. Let me find it here. Where the heck is it? 
Uh, Canadian Patriot on Rumble. No, that's not it. Maybe he took his thing off, or maybe I just can't see it right now. Well, I'll find it eventually. <laughs> Are there any other Canadians that uh, come to mind that you follow or listen to? Um, well, there must be there must be some more, but I can't think of them right off the top of my head. Um, I'm just. His wife Cynthia's chunk his chung is very is very good too. That's his wife. So it's the Rising Tide Foundation is his web is one of his other websites and he and his wife Cynthia Chung write on there as well. Yeah, I've I've, yeah, I've heard some of her stuff as well. Yeah. Let's and there's see. James Corbett. I I haven't listened to him a lot recent years, something occasionally. Okay, here it is right here. I found it. Matt Arrett. I don't know why I couldn't see it on the right here. Maybe it wasn't listed under M. Oh, there it is. I wasn't, I drove right by it. Okay. Yeah. Every day he's putting stuff out. I, I invited him on my show, but I don't think he wanted, uh, anything to do with the fakeologist, which is fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, I just, yes. Mm-hmm, go ahead. Uh, another okay, another Canadian. I believe he's Canadian. I'm pretty sure. Is he? And he's Canadian. He's a Muslim Canadian, and his name is David David Livingstone. Okay, and that doesn't sound like podcast. a Muslim uh, name. Well, yeah, I don't don't know his ancestry. I think that's his religion, and he yeah. has this. Um, his recent he has six volumes called Ordo Abkeo. It's right. his most recent book. He's been writing for years. And he just writes these books and there's cumulative information and has six volumes now in his latest book online for free. Ordo abkeo.ca. Okay. Let me look it up. Ordo abkeo.ca. <clears throat> Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And just across the top, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> one. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he, I think he had, no, I haven't, you know, I've only got so far through it, but he's very interesting to listen to. I've started to read this. And, um, where have you he, heard? He has more. So, so does he do, um, podcasts or what? He will do interviews with people. Um, I'll try to think of, like, I think he's been on. He's this is a Canadian guy? Podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. And he just challenges a lot of history. And I'm not saying he's right about everything. I don't, you know, and he's more, he has more of a left wing bias, I'd say. Wow. That's amazing. It's a lot of work and people really take, really, um, he's been on some big podcasts and it's very interesting information. Okay. His link to Twitter is dead. About Facebook, that is that still up? Okay, here we go. That's interesting. Yeah, he's so he's written about transhumanism. That was a more recent book before this one. 
Very interesting. I'm just trying to see. Oh, here we go. Interviews. Resources. Interviews. So I'll have to listen to him. Oh, he does one in French. William Ramsey. Okay. I used to be. Okay. Nothing really. Okay. Here we go. William Ramsey. Click here. DraftKings like. Casino. One of the hottest casinos in town is available right from your phone. Play all the classics like slots, blackjack. Start off with an DraftKings Casino. Like one it. of the hottest casinos. <laughs> a circus show, right? I mean, he's a former circus performer. It's okay. it's really just for it's theatrics, and it's nothing near uh, what uh, real Satanism is. And, he, and the problem is, is he, I think he can. So that sounds like him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll have to have a listen to that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. For sure. Very interesting. Okay, so we got lots of lots of material. What do you think of some of the um the truth leaders in Canada that are brought before us? What do you think? Have you heard of Chris Sky? Yeah, oh well, yeah, I've heard of him. And I don't have anything bad to say about him or anyone. Just I don't I don't like to follow people. <laughs> I don't try to keep up with. Uh, I don't try to keep up with people. Honestly. Right. So. You're doing your own research. Yeah, I try to do my own thing. Yeah, that's good. I get involved though. I get involved, and there's networks of people. Um, that's a good idea, I think, to network. Um, and prepare, you know, but whether it's to with currency, you know, trade, market, trading with each other. Mm-hmm. Getting to know people, getting to have support for the times ahead, I think it's very important. And there are groups, if uh, like if I, I'm in the southwest Ontario, and so maybe if people are living out here, they want to get in touch with uh, with groups, you know, other people like like minded people, and they could contact me. There's a it's, good, uh, it's a good idea. There's a guy named Peter Wright, a Canadian that I interviewed. He's a South African that um, escaped Rhodesia to come to Canada, and he lives in the Woodstock area. I should uh, put you in touch with okay. Peter. He's a really good guy. He's not really a fakeologist, but he's Great. certainly open to the concept, and he's no dummy, so he knows what's going on because he's seen tyranny before in Africa, and he's traveled around. Mm-hmm. South Africa and Rhodesia, very interesting person. I think a lot of these people that come from tyrannical countries understand what's happening here mm-hmm. more so than the average Canadian who just doesn't see anything going on. They, they literally can't see anything that's happening. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, it's I had a little bit. My background was from Northern Ireland, and I even okay. went back to high school there later. Oh, wow. And I saw them. Yeah, so it's like a bit complicated because you have your identity as your you're British or you're Irish or you're Protestant or you're Catholic. But right. it kind of wears off when you live in Canada for a while or exposed to other material, right? But that's the way people, you see firsthand how people are programmed to have certain beliefs. You know, whether they believe in the British Empire, they believe in the Queen. These things are not easy to deal with, just like religious beliefs. It's, it's almost impossible to challenge the point of view, you know, mm-hmm. and but we had bombs going off in those days, and we had checkpoints, and 
rifles pointed at you. And sometimes it was offensive. You know, so if you see your dad being searched, you know, that is kind of offensive if you think about it. But what? it was a lot. There's nothing like what's happening now. This is like very offensive what's happening. That was 2020. This is very heavy handed. I've got so two. Even compared to Northern Ireland back. Oh, yeah. I got two interviews with Peter Wright. You might want to look at them. FAK 608 and FAK 631. So they're on FACOTube as well, if you want to watch them. He's a good so, guy. So Peter Wright? Yeah. Okay. He's definitely in your area. I think he stood on the Drumbo Bridge on the 401. Okay. The Drumbo Overpass. You know that You know that curve on the 401 where everyone crashes in the winter? Um, I know Drumbo. Yeah. Drumbo okay. Road. The one that goes over the 401. Mm-hmm. I used to drive it's to London all the time. I... Okay. There's just I don't a... know if I drive over that too, too much, but I, I know. No, I it's drove right. under the bridge on the 401 and it's a curve in the winter. You, oh. If you're not paying attention, you can drive right off the highway. There's a lot of crashes there. I just remember okay. that. I don't go that way anymore, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, so there's there's a contact. So there's two people that are worth listening to and worth looking at. So what's uh what do you we're coming up to or we're about an hour and a half, so let's wrap it up. What uh so what's sure. your biggest interest now on your website that you're looking into? Because you've got everything, agenda twenty one, vaccine injuries. Well let me mm-hmm. let me just make one point before I do. Are you mm-hmm. uh, you're a researcher, see if you can find the death the raw death numbers for Ontario. Because I can't find them for the last two years. You can get all kinds of graphs, but I ha- I just don't think you can get the numbers. I think they're holding them back. And yeah, I've been stu- you know I've been trying to struggle with those types of topics to my own in my own way, uh, including that. Yeah, I, I see there's a problem with that. Um, you can't even get know. them. I'll look into it again. My friend in I'll, Victoria, I'll- state the state of Victoria. The Corporation of Victoria in Australia, he he can get the numbers there, but he's looked around the rest of the world. They're really hard to find. Yeah, there's and, a lot to cover up. You know, yeah. It's just a lot. I know. I know I was trying to keep track. Yeah. Early on with, uh, you know, the actual deaths, they, I mean, according to the official statistics, the actual deaths in Canada, and it was, you know, it just looked very similar to other years, except they're According to um, some researchers, they say that there was a spike in deaths caused by the COVID protocols, basically the vulnerability. The vulnerable, the elderly, ended up dying during the spring because they were being neglected. So in larger numbers than normal, I believe, that happened. Now you're there. talking about the spring of 2020. Yes. Right, because the, so, all, the, all their supports and staff were being removed and some of them weren't even being watered. Mm-hmm. Well, they died yes, of dehydration. Exactly. Yeah, so I try to document that, but then, then it gets crazy with the uh, vaccines, and then you just, just keeping track of the information. I don't think I was, I just wasn't up to it. I don't think so. But I'm trying, trying to get a handle on things. To my my idea is to get into this idea of still distributing information to people. I tried contacting lawyers, different kinds of crown attorneys directly. And uh, I think I think informing people will end up doing some good. 
if you can inform people in some ways with flyers, like a mass flyer campaign, I think this sort of thing is good for people to look into. They could pay, you know, pay for mass mailing even. Like Druthers, the Druthers newspaper, they try to distribute everywhere. Yeah, I like but Druthers. I think, yeah, I saw I them know, maybe a simpler, at the protest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, Larkin, Texas um, is in the fake tube chat. He says, does Alan have a website? Yes, he does. It's CanadianLiberty.com. And Lark also says that Matt Arrett is a communitarian. Interesting. Yeah, Matt, well, I don't know about that, but he's, um, he's sort of coming from a left, like sort of a left wing government type background. Yeah, I, I never really he, got that impression from him. You know, I just really get the historical point of view from him, but um, <laughs> I don't even know if he's out of the word. He's very interested. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. I think he's he's genuine. Like he's he's giving you good information most of the time, but he has his biases. Oh, well, we he all was do. Yeah. Russian type. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. how I look at it. I don't I don't look at any source of information as being perfect or good or like they're all good guys or all bad or I think there's a lot of good information from bad people and and a lot of sometimes bad information from sincere people because they're biased, you know. So here we go. Here's an article by Matthew J.L. Arrett that I just pulled up here, Origins of the Deep Deep State. And um let me just see if the word communitarian is in, is is here. Communitarian it's got to be one of the hardest words in the world to spell. Communitarianism. Here we go. There were Catholic personalist communitarians who, orient against, who oriented against individualism and materialism for the benefit of the Revolution Nationale of Pétain. Okay, that's the only that's the only instance of communitarianism in his uh, essay here. So, yeah, I think. Yeah, people have different backgrounds and not aware of these terms, issues. Like they have ideology. People are brought up in ideologies and religions, like I was saying. Uh-huh. When you're talking to the people in Canada, like it's, it's how on earth can you say that someone's wrong because they, they're a bad person because they support the monarchy, for example. They don't know the first thing about questioning the monarchy. That's the way they're raised. Yeah. And, and in my background, that's the way it was, you know. I was attracted to British Israelism for that reason when I was young. And um, there's even some, maybe some issues that are some areas of truth involved in those theories, maybe. I don't know. David Livingston gets into those sorts of ideas, too. But um, it's this worship of the British Empire and the idea, the monarchy. That's ingrained in something. How are you going to, how do you deprogram people? <laughs> It's a big deal, you know. It's a big task. So we can't, we just can't get perfect. You can't start with perfect. You have to start with where people are. You have to talk to people where they're at, you know. That's how I, I feel about it. No, I agree. I agree. And that's why they've done this worldwide reset where they get everyone wearing a mask and they're bringing them into the new world religion. I think the mask is a religious garment. And. Mm-hmm. When someone's wearing it, you know they're ready to move to the next level, I think. They just believe in this this uh, 
this virus and they just want to be saved from it. It's 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 a religious experience for all those who aren't religious. Yeah, it's an indoctrination. It's an, in, <clears throat> yes, it's like a ritual. Yeah, it's a very ritualistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a ri- induction ritual for sure. Absolutely, and move them into this whole uh, new enemy is CO two. That's next, and save the Earth. Yes, save Gaia. It's just crazy. It just CO two is is a beneficial. You know, it's the most beneficial thing. It just yeah. keeps the planet alive. You know. But it's just another invisible monster. It's a demon that you can't see. So if you tell me that there's 400 kilos of CO2 emitted when I fly from here to London, England, I have to believe you because how can I disprove it? <laughs> That's the well, beauty this of it. Is the thing about people cannot believe they're being lied to on such a large scale. They cannot believe that. They do not want to believe that. Well, they, they don't even begin. They don't believe in supernatural, supernational organizations. They just don't believe there's that kind of organization, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Of course there is. Yeah, they're not told about it and uninformed about it, so they don't yeah. believe it. Yeah. And propaganda is a very interesting topic. I, 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 I like that topic a lot, and I get into some issues with that. And, you know, I try to observe in Hollywood some some movies and so on sometimes I'll try to I'll try to do more of that <clears throat> agenda 21 I'm going to keep actually commenting on that and try to bring out some more of it won't go on too long about it but <clears throat> some more points to make about it well the big thing about agenda 21 being talked about is the 15 minute city which personally yes I see the I see I see where they're getting it. I know young people are going to go for it, and they are. And uh, it's funny. I I follow a guy. I've said this before uh, on my broadcast. Maybe people haven't looked it up, but there's a good there's a good YouTube channel called called Not Just Bikes. It's about a guy from London, near where you are, London, Ontario, that moved to Amsterdam because he just didn't want to grow up in a in a road based city, which is London. Mm-hmm. We have more space, so we have more roads and faster roads. That's just the design of North America. Whereas yes. in Europe, everything exactly. is more concentrated and they have to be a little more efficient with their space where we don't necessarily, and I'm not saying urban sprawl is the best for many reasons, but so he's really in support of um, walkable cities or bikeable cities, which which I am too in a way, but it, the, the problem is they're tying it all with this digital identity, which is going to prevent you from even leaving that area. So it's sort of a, yeah, yeah it's a, yeah, it's a human confinement it's area. It's imposed on us. It's not even our idea. None of these things are our idea. Yeah, it's not organic, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. It's just, a, it's a way, like people, I don't think people realize that, um, Everything, all the ideas, even the anti-smoking campaign was imposed by the same people imposing the COVID policies. Right. It was by the, the same Brundtland, Brundtland Commission, 1987. Um, Where was that commission? Or, what was it called? Brundtland? Brundtland. Brundtland. Was, I think one of your guests on the shows mentioned it. How do you spell it? 
Um, B-R-U-N-D-T-L-A-N-D. Bruntland. Okay, I've never heard of it. I don't remember that. Yeah, it's before Agenda 21. Okay. So there's, I think you maybe misspelled it there a bit, but. What do I have E-R-U-N. Maybe I, maybe I forget it. (laughs) Oh, okay. But, but, um, it's the same. That's the former prime minister of Norway and she. Brundtland. Okay, right. Yeah. And officially she was, there you go. There it is. And if you look at her, Grow Harlem, click on her name there, Grow Harlem Brundtland. And, uh, right there on the, on the right. It's just on the right. Okay. Oh, this woman. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And she was director general of the World Health Organization, right? Okay. And she started the anti-smoking campaign. You know, every, all of a sudden, everyone was against smoking. Right. That was coming from the UN. And it's social, social engineering, it's conditioning. And people are still smoking. And still paying taxes, but I think it, I don't know exactly, but I believe it maybe helped cover up the scandal of the chemical additives added to uh, tobacco. Right. But specifically nicotine. Whatever the reason. Well, the, chem- the other, chem- there are actually All other kinds. chemicals. That right. But yeah, I don't think it's, a straightforward story. I think there's a lot, a lot more to these these things that happen, right? And we, at the time, in the Libertarian Party, we were you're not all enthusiastic about the topic, but we had opposed it on property rights ground. We were against, you know, these sorts of laws intruding on people's lives and businesses, and causing it was practically it was a huge upheaval, really, under McGinty. In Ontario, for example, but it's all over the world. It's not a coincidence. It's all over the world is organized, and that's not democratic. That's not coming from the people. That's an organized corporate agenda, and that's what it was. They didn't. People didn't tell you that it's coming from the these private groups, but that's what it was coming from. And she is officially. Um, she was head of the pandemic committee still. When in 2020, wow, she was in charge, and she probably wasn't active. She's elderly, but she was officially one of the heads. Um, it's on my site somewhere. Yeah, I got it here. I I did a search for Brundtland Committee, so maybe it's over here. Wow, these are these are your search results when I typed it in, so I don't see it specifically. Well, um, yeah. It would just be, yeah. If you search, if you just search her name, you'd probably come across the post on from 2020 on that topic about COVID. Um, it was to do with the World Economic Forum, also, I think. Because um, you know, on the board of the World Economic Forum, the trustees it includes Mark Carney and Al Gore and some of these famous people we know. Was it a, during Event 201? She was part of that? Is that where, where we find this here? I think that's why I'm linking to it. Yeah, I think that's it. 
Right. This post is available. Yeah, that might be the post. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is really, yeah, this is the post, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. About event 201, the recommendations they had. And it mentions Bretland. Yeah. So it's, it gets really incredible. You know, you tie all these things together when you're studying these things, right? And you're writing about them. Yeah, they've been busy assembling this whole thing for a long, 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 long time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's just, it's just, this is what they've been doing for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. So it's, it's just manifesting now. The idea that it just, they just slap these commissions and committees together is ridiculous because it takes time, lots of time to pass these laws. Mm-hmm. And they do it in a Fabian method, a little, Chip away a little bit at a time. And yes. Twenty five years later, they built a whole infrastructure with laws and penalties, and it's just crazy. And they all start singing from the same hymn book all around the world. It's just exact word for word. None of it's random. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and we're just. You're just one guy and I'm just another guy trying to just de- deconstruct this. It's just, it's just too big for one, one person. There's just so many people doing pretty good work. Mm-hmm. There's amazing Polly who's another Canadian that's trying to deconstruct it. Um, lots of, like we said, yes. lots of Australians, Cindy Niles, just, just. <laughs> well, all- have you heard of Rosemary, uh, Rosemary Fry? Yes. I actually asked her to come on the show at one point. I can't remember why or what she was doing. But what did you, uh, what do you know about her? Well, we sort of communicated when it started right. on Twitter. And okay. um, she was on James Corbett talking about the, uh, one of her big interviews was about that topic of uh, what happened in the uh, long-term care homes, mm. the nursing homes. And the death policies. And it was an incredible article she wrote on that topic. It went on and on and on with all these details about how they, they would try to get the body, supposedly they'd get the bodies out as fast as they could. Any 24 hours a day, they'd they'd give the families short notification about that they died and choose the funeral home as fast as possible. They'd push the families about this and they create all this tension and stress and They'd have a special procedure for wrapping the bodies and everything. All this stuff they'd set up with COVID. And she documented this in one of her articles. She was interviewed by James Corbett. And she covers the, the euthanasia, like their health rationing policies also, to exclude the elderly from the hospitals as much as possible. And that was the Canadian Medical Association, the Canadian government, and uh, <clears throat> Ontario government. Policies in UK, yeah. American also. It's basically with, just uh, to kill them. Seek a manual, right? Just kill as many people as possible. I believe. Yeah, it. yeah. And yeah. she wrote about that and other articles. Yeah, yeah. I put yeah. a link to her. She's show note number thirteen. RosemaryFry.ca. She hasn't written uh, lately, but uh, looks like she's noticed how Robert Malone has controlled opposition. She's um, up to date on that. So I think that uh, she's aware of that. But, yeah, I haven't seen any of her stuff lately. She hasn't posted lately. Here's her Twitter. Looks like she's still on Twitter, which is good. 
she's just retweeting. I don't think she's putting. And there's Denny Rancor. Yep, Denny Rancor. Yep. He's I follow, interesting. I yes. follow him I think as well. He's good information. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Canadians involved, and it's just um, it's good to see uh, Jessica Rose. I think right. You heard of her? Yep, Jessica Rose. She's interviewed sometimes. Yeah, I've heard of her. Yeah, I've kind of got off the vaccine it's virus good to see all the- part because it's just boring. I'm just bored about it now. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you? I, I've just burned out about talking about vaccines, viruses at this point. Yeah, I'm going to try to keep with the uh, idea of still trying to inform the public about things, but I'm going to include other topics to broaden it. So the 15-minute cities topic, as you mentioned, is a very, is a critical development. And 5G, I think that's a critical topic to mention. Mm-hmm. I agree with Pierce Corbin about that, that, uh, you know, people like that, we need to have a, a bigger picture of the issues mm-hmm. involved, mm-hmm. the things that are going on. It's just sort of just try to present it to the public. Well, I don't know what you think of Pierce Corbin, but I don't yeah. really know him. I, I know the name, but there's just, again, so many people to follow. I have. I haven't latched on to his stuff yet. Is he, where is he in the UK? Yes. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't follow him in detail. I'm just, just mentioning him because I think he's, he's beneficial. You know, he's, he's got to get their information about climate change. He studied the climate change. He said that's what he studied. Actually, that's what he is. He's an astrophysicist. Oh, I don't trust astrophysicists. Climate change theory. <laughs> well, as long as he's, <laughs> well, yeah, well, I don't. I don't even, I don't even, yeah, that's another, so, yeah. If he, if he, if, well, he, if he thinks man has been to space, then I don't, I don't trust him. And I think, I don't think there's any astrophysicist that don't believe that? that. I said, if he thinks man has been to space, then, then I'm pretty sure I can't listen to well, him. Well, I don't think that's, I'm sure that's not really relevant to his, his discussions. It's more about predicting the weather and it's more like a, he has some kind of formula. Uh, it's that's a business. It's business, I think. Yeah. Where he, um, where he, uh, he says he's more accurately predicted the weather. It's more like a farmer's almanac version of actually predicting climate change right. using historical information, which is the traditional way, and challenging basically the sun. It's the sun that's. <laughs> The biggest sun and the moon also, though, but, uh, you know, yes. there's other effects. There's other cycles going on that affect the climate. And even Julian Huxley, one of the, the bad guys, back in the 40s, by the way, he even observed this himself. He said that the animal die-offs happen in a cycle, and he, at the time, believed this was due to the solar cycle, climate change. Right. So he is even one of the UN founders uh, believe that. I have a, a reference to that essay on my website somewhere. Okay. And your website is CanadianLiberty.com and you do accept donations to keep your research going. Is this your full-time job or is this sort of a hobby like my website is to me? I try to be serious about it as much as I try to do as much as I can. 
Um, no, it's not a full time job. Right. But it's your, it's your passion. So you, you keep adding to it and yes. researching all the time. Well, yes. I, I'd, I'd never heard of it. I guess I probably found it through, oh, I'm going to say just maybe, uh, a tweet or something on Agenda 21. I can't remember how I stumbled upon it, but when I saw you were talking about SDGs and Agenda 21, and that's what I'm posting on FACOTube and communitarianism, uh, that's probably how we found it there. So I, that, those are some of my more recent videos here on FACOTube that I posted, but I do have many others talking about vaccines. I plan to get it. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I plan to get into a lot of different topics if I can. Um, books, like there's some really interesting books I really like to get into, like The Aquarian Conspiracy from 1980 by Marilyn Ferguson. And it's a, basically <laughs> the agenda, you know, for changing society. And also it's not a, it's not written by a conspiracy theorist, it's written by one of the people involved. And I have that, and also like to get into changing images of man, which is the same topic. You might have heard of that one. It was written by uh, SRI, Stanford Research Institute people, about changing, again, changing, we were in the 70s, about changing society. And um, those are some, what else? There's all sorts of other, there's other ones too. But those are the sorts of topics I'm interested in, besides the, the COVID stuff. Okay, good. Well, um, keep me posted. Keep me linked. I know you have somewhere on your website, I think under contact, you were talking about we need to collaborate. Networking for mutual practical support and encouragement is a very good idea at this time. I think you put that in there, I mm-hmm. think. So yep. I think it's a good idea just to keep prom- cross-promoting and collaborating I guess that's what com- communists do. They collaborate. Um, do capitalists conspire? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. What, what's the proper word? Cooperation? Maybe that's uh, what we Maybe need to be doing. Word in between. Yeah. The third way. I know that'll trigger Lark. The third way, communitarianism. That's not what we want. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been interesting. I'm glad uh, I got to speak to you. Uh, it's good to hear that there's another Canadian that's looking into it. Uh, it's so deep. Are you are you aware of CanuckLaw.ca? Ronnie out in British Columbia. Uh, sounds familiar. I recommend familiar. her work. She won't Maybe. talk to me because I think because I because I like um, I like Chris Sky, so she doesn't return my emails anymore. She was on my show a couple times. It's amazing how okay. uh, people get yeah, they get so annoyed when you uh, disagree or, or follow a slightly different path. But I, uh, she she has a really great yeah. reference. Yeah. You, so you've seen her site? Can I, have you seen this before? Can no, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. check her out. She's fantastic. No, just, I, lo- I think I've heard it, I've heard about her. I haven't seen the website. Thanks for the recommendation, for sure. Oh, yeah, check her. I love her research. She's I really, really appreciate good. being on. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really glad you came on. I'll just quickly point out on my blog, fakeologist.com forward slash blog, I did make a post 
that originated with Canuck Law. And really, she's just pointing out that now Quebec doesn't want to take all of the illegal immigrants that are being bussed up from the United States to Roxham Road, which is a just a unfenced border crossing between New York State and Quebec. And so now the Premier of Quebec is going to, I think, send some of the illegals, all of them probably down the 401 to Toronto, I'm guessing. So this is a UN-sanctioned human pipeline from Central America right to Toronto, basically. So all the government agencies are cooperating at the behest of the United Nations to move these people into Canada. It's amazing. Have you heard of that? Yeah, the top the topic of migrants. The topic, yeah. Uh, well, not this particular story. Thanks, thanks for that. The, the topic of migrants is mentioned in Agenda 2030 um, several times. Emphasized. Yeah, they're called irregular border crossers. This is the <laughs> this is the United Nations uh, euphemism for it. They're irregular. They're not illegal.